My fucking scroll wheel broke today. I'm mad, but like $20. I get a new mouse. It's fine. It's fine. It does suck. Because I can't scroll anymore. You got the Model D though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got I need... the Model D, alright. See? See? He gets it. <laughs> oh, man. You got the Model D, right, Alex? I have one. Model D. I don't, you don't use it, right? Use it. You're yeah. all fucking Model Ds. Does it hurt your hand? Oh, my Model D hurts oh, it, my It doesn't... Gosh. <laughs> 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 Everybody, welcome to the forecast episode 109. The forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced on Thursdays. We are a community of people who love exploring, discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash we are the horizon community, or you can come hang out in our discord channel, or you can check out our website at we are the horizon.com. We have a ton of original content for you to browse through there. Additionally, everything we talk about, we push out to our cast notes and that is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. I'm joined by a couple of peeps this week. Alex. Hello. Jake. Hi. Caleb. That's me. Owen. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. And frankety dankity wrapped in a blankety. Uh, bonjourno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, are you ready for Alex time? Uh, yeah, I have one point seven point one point zero point B. Bravo. I have an announcement regarding Alex time. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I know everybody was anticipating Alex Time 1.7.1.0B, but <laughs> unfortunately, we did have to cancel what? this update. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. For what, for what How reason? Unfortunate. Uh, like, COVID. cancel or just postpone? Oh, COVID no, canceled. Th- this, this patch is canceled. Future updates are going to be rolled into a new bundled 2.0 patch. It's going to really mm. revolutionize the game. Is that like interesting? So, When's that coming? Soon, um, unfortunately, 2.0 has been delayed yeah. indefinitely. Oh, so, microtransactions. Uh, <laughs> unfortunate. Okay, uh, so the death of Alex time. Okay. 2.0 is not canceled. It is delayed indefinitely. So uh-huh. it Quote, it unquote. will it will return at a future date. Do you have like okay. a Patreon so we can support the <laughs> ongoing development? Or yeah, um, yeah, Aaron. <laughs> You're edit, about to ask me to make you edit, a Patreon. Edit, to edit link in here. <laughs> put the, the link in the cast notes to my yeah, Patreon. Yeah, I'll put the link in Wait, the cast notes for your Patreon. Done. Shouldn't that be the job for the social media manager? I would think oh. so. Owen. What? What? Social <laughs> media manager. Get on it. When did I become the social media manager? <laughs> Last time Remember we talked Alex about it, fired? you said, I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> also, like, this is one hell of a way to find out that I am no longer the social media manager. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, You've been man. doing a great job, Frank. Thank you. Uh, but we gotta uh, let you go. Well, let's move on to uh, what you've been playing lately. And Jake, we'll start with you this week. Oh, good. Mine's the short one. Um, in truth, I've been playing a few different things, but the only one I want to talk about is Persona 4 Golden. I finally picked it up after I got finished with Persona 3. And Persona 4 Golden's really good. Yeah. Uh, I originally played Persona 4 on the PS2, and Golden actually changes a decent amount of stuff that makes it a lot more playable. So I've been really enjoying that. 
Uh, probably the best feature they added is when you're... So, if anyone doesn't know Persona, you have, like, half dungeon crawly JRPG stuff and half, like, life sim. And mm-hmm. what was always really annoying was in the life sim part, you would just, like, start the day and it would be like, okay, like, go do something. And you'd be like, but, but what? Like, what can I do? And the game would be like, I don't know. You better walk over to where your friends are and see if they're there or not. So you'd like walk halfway across town and be like, ah, shit, the guy I wanted to hang out with isn't there today. That sucks. But in Golden, you can push a button and it'll show you what other players have done, which is not a great way to show you what's available, but it is a way to show you what's available. And it makes it slightly less terrible. They also added fast travel, which helps with that as well. So rather than having to walk through like five loading screens, you can just fast travel to the spot with one now, loading screen. About yeah. So, so I I have this question for you as someone that's played both four and uh, five. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason to go for four? Like I I have not played any of the personas and I want to. Should I start with four or should I just wait till five shows up? Because I've heard five is just an outright better game. When you say wait for five to show up. <laughs> Do you mean on PC? Because like, eh, is that gonna happen? I don't know. That would be my biggest thing. Is I can't. There's no guarantee that it's coming to PC. That's I right. heard it was delayed indefinitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But if you do have the means to play four and five, I think it's pretty tough to argue that four is better. Really, in any way, five is really, really good. Better in almost every way. Uh, okay. Say so you're, you're Owen and you don't have a PlayStation. Because I'm a sad boy. <laughs> then, I mean, I would say play Persona 4 Golden. Okay. I like it. Um, it, as a warning, a lot of cutscenes, and the start is pretty freaking slow. I forgot just how long it takes to actually, like, get going. Are all the cutscenes, like, slightly different in terms of style? No, but it's not a Yakuza situation. I know, but I, I just like I, I I think you like those type of games where they just it's, toss I mean, in a bunch is, of different styles of cutscenes. It keeps you on your toes, but it, this is mainly in engine with a, like a handful of pre-rendered thrown in there. But those are pretty few and far between. It's mostly just in engine talking. Is Persona Four the one that has Teddy? In yes, it? it is. Oh man, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. Yeah, no, Persona Four. It's it's really really good. Uh, part of why I'm saying Persona 5 is so much better is I'm realizing that 5 there it doesn't have my favorite characters, but I don't hate any of them. And playing 4, there's a few that I'm like, oh man, like Yosuke? Fuck Yosuke. Hate him. Whoa, every, time he, every time he owns his mouth, I want to hit him. I hate but he's him. always headbanging with his headphones in a fight. I mean, like, that is cool. Props for that. But I do hate him. Valid. Uh, Owen, what have you been playing? So I've been playing uh, a bunch of different things, uh, you know, still playing Fallout. Got back into some Overwatch after a nice little break. Uh, so that's been nice, just because I haven't played it in about nine weeks, and uh, it's still Overwatch, so good on that. Uh, also been playing some Bloodstained for the first time. That's fun. I like this game. I, uh, you know, I think Caleb talked about it uh in some of our previous casts and it sounded fun so i actually checked it out and um just it's it's exactly what i want it to be and i'm having a blast with it so yeah i liked it a lot until the really late game yeah it's pretty grindy at some point yeah i'm i'm 
hoping that I figure out how to like traverse some things differently later because there's some stuff that I was like, how the fuck do I jump there? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like especially like at the start on the boat because I was like, I know there's a thing there, but mm, I can't yep. jump to it. So like, I guess I just come back later with more abilities, but that's okay. Oh yeah, man. Good old um, Metroidvania. Yeah, it's a good old Metroidvania, and it's exactly what I wanted it to be, so having a good time with that. Um, been playing some uh, Civ 6 with the new uh, with the new update uh, of um, God, the society, Secret Societies. Uh, and that is fucking weird. I kind of don't like it. Uh, basically, what they've done is they've taken normal Civ 6 and they've added these new societies that you can join while you're playing the game and uh there's uh the void singers the sanguine pact the something of merida and um oh god the hermetic society and yeah it basically it's just like all these secret societies if you join any of them and anyone else is like in that society they'll like you better which is neat uh and I like that part of it. The thing I don't like about it is that it seems very unbalanced. Uh, the Sanguine Pact, you get a vampire unit. And the vampire unit gets stronger and stronger the more shit that it kills. And so by like, I don't know, like Renaissance era, you've got this unkillable fucking, like literally you cannot kill it. If you kill it, it just goes back to the player's capital. So this unit will never die, and it's already stronger than, like, Atomic-era robots. And just, it's one unit that just kills everything. And I don't really think that that's, um, I, I don't think that's very balanced. Like, I understand what they're doing with all of the packs, like, each of the, the, the different societies, um, and kind of, like, fast lane you in a specific uh like uh win condition so like if you're going science you go the hermetic society because it gives you like a fuck ton of science like an ungodly amount of science uh which is good and i like that but it just seems weird how like there's one that gives you a boatload of science so you can research stuff faster and then there's one that makes you like really good at diplomacy and then there's one that just gives you an unkillable fucking unit and you just storm through everything which like i get that that's part of the game but it's kind of like hey it doesn't matter if i have like super advanced technology if this guy's vampire is just going to show up and destroy all of my fucking towns and take them over and then I don't get to do all of the technology or all of the science or, you know, the, the diplomacy or whatever. Like, you just lose because you have no more cities. See, I think, like, a good way to balance that would be, like, with Vampire, if it's a Vampire unit, would be to be like, oh, I can only deploy them every, like, 500 years. Mm. I, I would have been also okay with having some way of blocking it via faith. Like, faith is, a, unless you're going a religious victory, not a lot of people use faith. So having a thing that's just like, hey, if you're not going this, try to build up faith, which is going to be hard for you to do, and then you can use those faith points on, you know, like a Van Helsing-esque unit that will be able to neutralize the vampire and kind of even out the playing field a little bit. Like, I feel like that would be fine. 
Um, but yeah, so I played a bit of that and it's been rough. I'm going to probably play a little bit more to try to do some more with it and, and check out some of the other societies and things. But really, so far, it's been kind of sad and upsetting. And like I went to I, I looked at the, the Reddit thread just to see what everyone else was saying. And sure enough, everyone's like, this thing is broken as hell. How did it get past like QA? Like, just just how? Um, uh, also, um, this past weekend was Pokemon Go Fest. And so I participated in Pokemon Go Fest at home, uh, since they can't exactly have everyone go to Chicago during a pandemic to play How do you outside. play Pokemon Go at home? Uh, so what they did is they, if you bought the $15 ticket for the two-day event, um, you would get a bunch of incense, and the incense were on a... Uh, would give you um, spawns and special spawns for the event. So if my girlfriend was playing and used an incense, she wouldn't get the same Pokemon that I was going getting because I bought the ticket. And so you basically just paid in and it would give you these this incense and the incense would spawn a new Pokemon every 30 seconds. And so there was a fuck ton of Pokemon. Like, if you somehow ran out of the Pokemon that were near you, you were getting a new one every 30 seconds. Um, so, awesome. Uh, and there was a bunch of different sh new Shinies that they came out with, and they had a couple Pokemon that they, they just added into the game for it. Um, so I thought that was really neat. I had a, a very fun time hanging out on my friends discord that were also playing and we were chatting about you know like what shinies that we were catching and and you know how we were doing and things like that and uh uh i also liked how on the first day they had these hourly challenges for um your region and so it was just like hey this hour uh your region has to send this ungodly number of gifts so that's that's your goal. And then if you meet that goal, you get a bonus for the rest of the hour. And so that was a lot of fun being able to kind of like go through this and not just catch, but also being like, oh, this is the one that we need to get a bunch of great throws. So let me try to get a bunch of great throws or let me try to do, uh, you know, use a bunch of berries because that's the hour we're in. And um, all of the different uh, hours would rotate the different kind of spawns. So the first hour was like grass spawns and then the second hour was all like fighting types and then the third hour. So like it was fun. It, like, I think day one, they did a really good job. Uh, day two, they, I, I think, just fell flat on its face. Uh, it wasn't that great. It was pretty much this like, hey, um, Team Rocket has taken over. And so Team Rocket is showing up a bunch in their little balloons so you can fight them and fight team rocket uh and it was the same team rocket fights that you've always done except easier it didn't give you anything interesting for winning the fights i mean you got like shadow legendaries but you already probably had the shadow legendaries if you care about shadow pokemon which i don't i know um, i did yeah like it, and then like you got a shadow mewtwo at the end of it and they're like there you go like no shiny chances on anything. It was just here, spend your entire day battling uh, Team Rocket instead of like catching Pokemon, which 
I felt was kind of bad because I play this game to catch Pokemon and to try to get Chinese and also like without the challenges with my friends there was nothing else for us to do like we kind of just blew through the quest line in an hour because it was super easy to take out all of the Team Rocket people that you needed to do and then you just kind of sat on your hands for the rest of the event. And I felt like they that kind of sucked. I wish they had the hourly content that was happening on the first end of the event also happen on the first day, also on the second day. I feel like that would have been much better uh, just because there's no reason not to. Like, they were still giving us the same Pokemon. They just were no longer spawning and like, oh, this is the grass hour. It was just like, everything's showing up. Who knows what you'll get? Uh, and so, and I also liked how on day one, they had a kind of counter. So whatever the challenge was, you'd be able to see how well you're doing against your friends. So it added like a level of competition of just being like, oh, I've sent this many gifts or, oh, you know, like my friend has sent more gifts than me. Let me try to beat him by the end of the hour. Like it, it created some fun to do with your friends while you're chatting with them online or whatever. Whereas since you didn't have that on day two, you just were like, Oh hey, I already beat Giovanni. Did did you guys beat Giovanni? Cool. Yes, we're here, and just there's nothing else for us to look forward to for the rest of the day, and it it just felt like a really bad ending to a really good day one. Two quick questions for you. Um, maybe not Pokemon Go Fest related, but Pokemon Go related. Um, number one, I assume they're not really doing any of the community events right now. Correct, like the the gatherings you used to do down in DC and stuff like that. Yeah, so they're still doing community day, but they've altered it instead of it being like a hey, you know, go try to hit as many stops as possible so you can get as many chances to find new Pokemon. They've just been like, hey, pop an incense and a boatload of whatever the community day Pokemon is is going to spawn wherever you are. Um, so because they're they're exactly doing what you're thinking is, you know, they're trying to be like, don't run around outside. This is a way that you can play it at home and like away from people. OK, that was actually my second question was how they, how they were dealing with, you know, locations where multiple people would be showing up at anyways. Yeah, it's fascinating to me that. I, like, I never even thought about Pokemon Go in covid. Oh, it's yeah. a game that's entirely based around going different places they've they've added so much stuff to try to um to to try to help people at home like they did the incense things for the community days to make that easier um they've also added um remote rating so you do not have to uh, be at a raid, like a Pokestop, to do the raid. You can buy a, a remote pass, and as long as you can see it on your screen, you can tap it and jump in and fight. And this weekend, they rolled out uh, with GoFest. One of the things they rolled out with it was um, inviting your friends to remote raids. So... Since I live in Silver Spring, I've got a lot of, you know, gyms near me that I can see. Basically, what my job was is I could jump into a lobby and I could invite everyone into the lobby since, you know, some of them are in more rural areas. You know, they don't they don't have a chance to see any of this stuff. So I can invite all of them. They can join in and uh, fight it with me uh, or just. You, you know, I don't have to do it. I think the other nice thing that they added in, uh, which was you always used your raid pass when you entered the lobby. 
And that always felt really bad because if like not a lot of people showed up or, you know, people said that they were going to and then they weren't there, you were like, ah, shit, this sucks. I just wasted my raid pass. Now they've set it to only if uh, once the raid actually starts, it'll actually burn your pass instead of at the start of the, the joining the lobby. It happens at the end, which is so much better because now what I can do is anytime I see a raid that my friends are interested in, I jump in, I invite them all in. And then they go, okay, cool, we got this. And then I hop out so and they can continue onwards. They can do the raid without me being there and they, because that's the thing they want to do. And I'm trying to, like, not burn as many passes as them or whatever. So, like, I don't necessarily have to join them. And that's I thought cool that was to, a really cool thing. It's it's cool to see that they're, like, taking steps to make sure that they, you know, ensure people aren't gathering all in the same spot. Granted, I know, I'm sure some of that has to do with just general lawsuit concern. Um, but oh, it's yeah. good. It's good to see that they're kind of keeping that apart. But it's also kind of crazy because this game, one of the core concepts, is just getting away from your desk, out of your house, going places to play the game. And now that's kind of flipped on its head, and you're having to play it in your house or a lot more restricted than what you used to be able to. I find I'm so in Japan because Pikachu gave me COVID. <laughs> they're definitely like trying to keep things in a way that they can go back to the way things were. Sure. Like they're they're uh with like the remote raid passes, there's a limit of how many you can stock up and it's a very small amount because they want people to be able to, you know, at the end of this, they they want that to be like to a play. premium thing of just being like, hey, if you don't want to actually go out, you gotta pay more money for this kind of stuff and you can't stockpile sure. it. But while COVID is happening, we're giving this to you on the cheap to try to keep you still interested. Right. Right. Are all the Pokemon wearing masks? <laughs> i mean my pikachu was wearing a hat so it's close it's close yeah. it's close I mean, that, that work in some places uh alex what have you been playing lately sure um well i guess we can get our rocket arena discussion out of the way uh <laughs> th this is one that me and a couple people just started playing today because it just went uh free for the weekend but came out like a couple weeks ago at thirty dollars. Um, thirty dollars seems like way too much, probably. Yep, yep, it does. Yep, it's uh, uh five bucks on uh, the Origin shop. Yeah, they already discounted it to five on Origin, $5. not on Steam for some reason. <laughs> uh, I honestly think it'll go free to play at some point, and I probably will just wait for that to happen. But uh, get back to the point. Uh, it is a three v three online only multiplayer shooter that has a battle pass and cosmetics. So automatically you're thinking like, Oh, a free to play game. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah. Um, the problem I think is, I think it's a lot of fun. Do it just has, the, it has the wrong business model. I think. Do you? I think it's a lot of fun. I have only played a handful of matches so far, but I had a blast. Um, I only played like three matches or so, but it was fun so far. Did you get into those matches quickly? Yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. Super it fast. took me 20 minutes to get into a single match. Oh. Because. Uh, uh, did I don't you turn know... on crossplay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I turned on crossplay, but you know how pe many people are currently playing that game in total, in like crossplay and all? The answer is not a lot, which is why it's so fucking cheap. <laughs> on, on just Steam, it's currently less than 500, and it's currently on a free-to-play weekend. Yeah, it is low. I 
was concerned earlier because it was not on the front page of Steam for their free to play weekend. I'm like, you need to get players in here. Yeah. Right. Right. Why are you not there? And then I noticed it did show up on the front page later. So hopefully that'll improve, especially as we get into the weekend proper. Um, I think if they also discounted it to five on Steam during the free weekend, you'd see a big player turnout. Yeah. Let's talk about the actual game, though. The the game is everybody's just using rocket launchers. Everybody, it's a hero shooter, so all the different heroes have different types of rocket launchers and a couple special abilities. And the game, uh, the the match type is like similar to Smash Brothers, where you're if you do damage to somebody, it doesn't like affect health. It fills a meter, and if the meter, like as the meter fills you're launched farther each time you get hit and then there's an outer limit of the map that you can't go past so if you get knocked past out of the map then you you essentially respawn and they get a point so smash brother style multiplayer shooter pretty cool kind of like those overwatch custom games that we played sometimes but yeah way 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 more polished yeah, well, it's like designed for that instead of yeah. a custom game. Uh, and some the characters are fun. I don't know. The, the game is satisfying, I think, to just like yeah. play. Like when you hit somebody good, oof, it's a good feeling. When you, when you hit them multiple times and then knock them out, it feels very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, Owen didn't actually get a chance to play with us because... We had to install and then go through the tutorial and stuff like that. And then we had to go to dinner and then we had to record a podcast. So might contribute to some of I, I, your I negative mean, experience. I, I was, yeah. <laughs> the fact that I had to spend like, I always have an issue with games that just baby me to no end. And this game does that right from the get go. And I was like, oh, I'm not having a good time. Like this entire thing of just like, oh, well, we got to teach you. Did you know that WASD moves your character? And then we got to like do a bot match before you can just join your like i have that as a thing if you need to do that sure like i i'm not against because i'm sure that some people will need to know the tips and things uh and you know so like sure have one have that have like a bot match thing that you can do i i'm not against that i am against being required to do all of that because it's really fucking self-explanatory like your entire hud tells you everything you need to know like the jumps the the thing that you can rocket jump the you know your your shift or your your right click are all like little cooldowns in your right side window like it's all there and it all even says like q or or not q like your your right click or you know your shift like it has it there so you can easily just look at it in five seconds and figure out this is how i play the game like i don't i i just think it's like way too babied and i I don't get why requiring you to play it sure that's overkill but also the people that need to go through that stuff to understand probably won't figure out how to do that if they're on their own to go do it so requiring everybody to do it just ensures a level playing field to start the game instead of having people that don't know what they're doing at all let's talk talk about the idea of a level playing field real quick 
because I agree with you on the level playing field of like, yeah, you know, let's make it even. However, every match that I played, there was one side that was all level ones. And then there was one side that was like level 20s. And I could not comprehend how the matchmaking system thought that that was a good idea. Well, when you're uh, only playing with the... 500 because... people, as you mentioned on Steam, it's yeah. you're probably going to be at a point where like everybody's in a match, and you're just going to get matched up with who's left. True that. It just it just it it, it leaves a bad taste because both games that I played, I either. Just, just demolished the other team because I was with people that knew what the fuck they were doing, or I was playing against people that like just were obviously better. And then I was like, okay, cool. This is how I just lose. Like I don't, I don't get to play this game. I get to just sit here. Uh, also, fun fact: there's no quit button. So I started a match two v three. So we're down a person, which is very problematic in a game type like this. Uh, I disagree. And then I just get completely wrecked and I can't even leave. I, I, I either sit there and just AFK or I literally quit the game and reboot it because I cannot hit a just leave the match thing. Like, that's dumb. I mean, you yeah. can also get good because two out of three <laughs> is less points for the other team. So sounds like you got to step it up, son. I, I mean, I would, I would say that you're right. I'm sure you could that, probably still win. It, no. No, you cannot because you have to dodge more bullets and so your meter goes higher and you fly off so much faster. Sounds like, like you're just not making the cut, son. It, it, Are you it, level one? It was not even a Get contest. to level 20 and come talk to me again, alright? Um, I don't know. The, the matches that me and Caleb played, we played like a handful. One of them was we did really well and like killed the enemy team by a landslide Good and then, like a, cu a couple other ones were like super close one even came down in the last 10 seconds we pulled out yeah a win we were, we were down by one in the last 10 seconds and we knocked two people off and won it's very satisfying mm -hmm. i don't know that's a that's a game we'll have to explore more yeah we've not had much time so Woo! uh <laughs> This is game one now. Game one of all of your <laughs> games. <laughs> I on the on the bright side, I will not be contesting anything else. So yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Um, Here, I'll contest the next one. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Ghost of Tsushima. You didn't play that. It's not even a real game. <laughs> nice try. I quick quick side note and, and not against this i just yeah. had this i thought this was really funny uh i searched everywhere for like about 40 minutes trying to figure out where the hell ghost of Tsushima was on steam so i could play it oh and then i realized gosh. that it was a playstation <laughs> exclusive yeah, and was... i felt so bad 40 minutes you didn't just google it <laughs> yeah like one time it's like yeah. ghost of Tsushima. oh it's on ps4 I went to their website and it was like, it says that it's out and I'm looking on Steam. I'm looking on like Epic. I'm like, where is this game? Oh, maybe it's an Gosh. Epic exclusive. Ghost of Tsushima. It is a PlayStation exclusive, turns out. Yeah, can't confirm. Um, I've played like maybe 10 hours at this point. There's no way to track your time in this game, which I don't like when games do that. Yeah, it's called a stopwatch. Yeah. <laughs> Clock on the wall. So I've had like maybe 10 hours is, is my guesstimate of how much I've played. Um, 
game is good i will say up front the combat's exciting and fast-paced it seems like it's getting compared to sekiro a bunch i don't know like because it's samurai game i guess but it, it, it is, has a, the same aesthetic it is like so much easier than sekiro <laughs> it's such it's a joke to compare the two um i would venture to say this game is too easy actually mm. um it still is fun though like the the combat the way it works out you have stances so you're you have like four different stances and each stance is really good against an enemy type so if you have a shield guy you want to be in water stance because water stance is real good against shield guys yeah but if you got a sword guy Oh. You want to be in stone stance. Obviously, oh. because rock beats scissors. <laughs> yeah. That just makes sense. <laughs> and then all the enemies have a, like, I don't know what they call it specifically, but it's basically a guard meter. And if you break it, it'll stagger them. That's and then you can. Mm-hmm. From Sekiro. <laughs> it's yeah. basically posture from Sekiro. No, I think in that game it's called posture from Sekiro. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. You look. <laughs> this tutorial, we're going to explain the posture from Sekiro mechanic. <laughs> um, no, it's so you break their meter and then you can. It doesn't. You can't insta kill them like in Sekiro. It's not like they have a a dot that you get to take out. They don't or, have a or, dot, I see. Or if they're like a big enemy, two dots, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like a boss, like three dots or whatever. Uh, uh, any dots? Are they just all unkillable? They don't have dots. They just yeah. have health. There's so no once, dots? <laughs> once you break their, their guard, you can like just go ham on them for like a couple seconds before they get their guard back. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that is enough time to just straight kill them. So yeah. it is still pretty quick, like in terms of combat pace. I was about How to say, is I... that more exciting than death blowing them immediately? Mm, death blowing is probably more satisfying. It's, it, Sekiro's combat just feels very good. It's just too hard. Yeah. How it can they like... get their guard back if there's no dots? <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. They just kind of shake it off, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, Taylor, Swift... Taylor Swift is in this game? Taylor Swift, yes. <laughs> they, so, sorry they, you go. no yeah I, I was just gonna say the other interesting thing about combat is you have um well, actually there are dots in this game you have resolve points <laughs> oh my god uh, okay i'm back <laughs> <in>. <laughs> all right yeah sign me up to nice um so you have resolve points which is these little yellow dots on your hud and it's essentially your estus flask or your like whatever your heal is in whatever game. Um, so you can heal that many, however many times you have dots, but also your resolve goes towards other stuff. So like you have like special attacks and things like that, that you will use resolve to perform. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting that you can kind of weigh if you need to save that for healing or if you want to, like destroy somebody with a cool move uh and then everything you do gives you a little bit of resolve like throughout combat so like if you get a perfect parry it'll give you some resolve if you kill somebody it'll give you some resolve and you can eventually build those dots back up so it's a pretty cool system 
Um, in terms of the game overall, like the plot and stuff like that, the the story seems cool so far. The main character seems incredibly generic hero guy. Um, well, at least he's not a generic white guy. <laughs> he's an Asian guy. Yeah, so we're already doing better. Um, yeah, the, there's like three tiers of quest, essentially. There's like your primary main story quests. There's your kind of secondary story quests that deal with characters you've met and kind of their story. So almost like... um uh like the loyalty quest from mass effect or something like that Mm. where you're like dealing with a specific character and and trying to solve their issues those are kind of good too and then you have side quests which just seem like garbage tier any ubisoft open world game fill the map with this dumb stuff ouch so that's not great uh and then the other thing i'll say about it is everything everybody keeps on bringing up like how beautiful it looks uh it can look jaw-dropping amazing in certain parts. And then other times you'll get like weird lighting or like an area that just doesn't look very good and it looks kind of dog. It is very like pendulum back and forth on I will stop and look at a scene for a couple of seconds because it's so amazing to being like, why, why does it look like muddy crap right now? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Caleb actually came down when I was playing one day and walked in and was like, huh, it doesn't look as good as I thought it should. I'm like, yeah, this looks terrible right now. I don't know what this game is so dependent on exactly where you are and what time of day the day night cycles in and what kind of weather is currently happening for how good it actually looks, but it can look amazing. How's the stealth gameplay in it? I can't really tell you too much because they force you to use it for one of the very early missions, but the entire time your character's like, but my honor, I was always taught (laughs) as a samurai that this is the way of a thief. And like, yeah, like he's very much like, I can't, I can't just kill somebody without them knowing I have to, I'm, I'm a samurai honor. And so from that point on, you kind of get the option to do what you want for each encounter. And like every single encounter, I'm like, no, I'm a freaking samurai. I have honor. So I walk into the front door of a camp and hit the button to yell. And your character is just like, send me your strongest warrior. And then like you stand off with a dude and have like a cool samurai move it. Yeah. Like you hold triangle until they go to attack you. And if you release before you get hit, then you insta kill them. And then you basically everybody's in the camps alerted because you just walked in and yelled at everybody. And then you just murder everybody like a samurai. I've also heard that the titular ghost outfit, like you don't get that until like 80% through the game, apparently. <laughs> so I don't I don't have that at this point. So you're can, samurai of Tsushima. Yeah. Like you collect different types of armor and stuff like that. And one of them is just called like samurai armor. And I'm like, yeah, I'll wear the samurai armor that gives me extra health and, and stuff like that and be a samurai and walk around and slice people. 
but I mean, and also you also have like a bow and various gadgets and stuff like that. But I just I like fighting people. I like getting a bunch of people to come attack me, and I juke them and murder the crap out of people. It's it's very satisfying. Um, yeah, I also played some Code Vein. I'm not sure I like that game. Anime Dark um, Souls, right? Yeah, the anime Dark Souls. It is yeah, a very, very, question. very, very, very good character creator. Yeah, is what I'll say. You spend in there, hmm? I have you know, in total. Uh, okay, hold on. <laughs> How many hours on record do I have? I have oh five. I only have five hours on record. Hmm. Oh my gosh, I have five hours on record. Four of those hours were spent in the character creator. I will That's say. A lot. Wow. <laughs> yes. And you don't like the game. I yes, I perfected that my sucks. waifu, and then I started playing the game, and I was like, mm, I don't know if I like this game. Yeah, it is. It's anime Dark Souls. Um, it I'll say it's easier than a Dark Souls game. Like I'm not getting frustrated by the difficulty. Uh, but also I don't even like being able to perform the levels and not dying all the time. I still don't know if I'm having a great time. Yeah, it's it's not really fun. Too hmm. much. I only I played the demo a while back because I was also thinking about getting it. Yeah. And I went back and forth and I was like, you know what? It just like it wasn't it wasn't great. <laughs> like it was fine. I'll tell you what, though, my character looks so good. I'll believe it. After I mean, what four happened, hours, it better look good. Right. Really, what happened was I bought the game months ago and I mm-hmm. spent two hours in the character creator perfecting my girl. And then I was like, cool, she's done. And then I never played the game. And Perfect. then finally, this past week, I was like, I should actually play that game. And so I went to load it up and I was like, crap, my character's not here. Mm. I spent so long building here. So then I went back, I pulled like my old hard drive out and dug the save out of it, which I miraculously still had and loaded her back in. I was like, yes. But then I was looking at her. I was like, "Mm, no, some things need to change. So then I spent another two hours (laughs) tweaking her. And then finally got her right. And then you put her in the game. You know, ridiculous. Funny thing about this character creator is it gives you so many options on how to tweak your character. And then it puts you in the game and immediately throws an oversized code on top of your character (laughs) that you never picked. (laughs) And I'm like, what the heck is this crap? Luckily, they at some point patched the game to allow you to turn that off. Make it transparent, at least. Yikes. But, yeah, I don't know about that game. I played some of the digital Gloomhaven game, which if you have checked out in the past, I recommend you check it out again because they've completely changed how it works and it is very fun. Um... They added uh, Guildmaster mode, which essentially has a sort of campaign to it. Has some story. Uh, and I wanted to bring up Hyperscape again. Because I have played some more of that, but more importantly, I got Aaron and Caleb to play some matches with me. And I don't think we've really talked about it. I wanted to know what you guys thought when you played it. It's uh, It's pretty fun. It's fast enough that if you die, well, it's also got, so it's got the, the feature where if you die, you can run around and still give info to your alive. Yeah, you're like a ghost partners. person. Yeah, and they can also respond to you really fast. If they kill somebody, it puts a little pad and you can step on it and they can respond to you there. So it's, it's pretty quick and you're never really out of playing it until your whole team loses. 
unlike a lot of the other battle royales. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, it also starts combat a lot quicker than other battle royales. It does, yeah. Like, there's not the 10 minutes of butting around looting. That's in other games. It is a very, very, very high mobility game. Yeah. I felt felt outpaced pretty much the whole time I was playing. And probably just because I don't think I've played a battle royale that's that fast-paced. So I wasn't used to it. Um, I don't think any others exist. Yeah, yeah. That's based. I mean, it's 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 very very fast, especially because I've been playing a lot of Warzone. So coming from that to this is totally different. Yeah, but so, it's still pretty cool. Would you call it the world's first speed <laughs> battle royale, <laughs> or is that yeah. not? That's that's pretty good. It's pretty accurate. Okay, good. Man, what was that game? Solstice Arena. Yeah, yep. you got it. How did that name just come to me? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, I think about Solstice Arena every day. It's the world's first speed mobile. Man, nobody <laughs> nobody will ever get that joke outside of our friend group. Yeah, it's a nope. good thing it's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nobody played Solstice Arena. It's oh my gosh. Okay. Uh also I know I brought it up last podcast that Dota is having their event. Uh, but I hadn't played it yet. Now I've played it. It's cool. It's a roguelike co-op dungeon crawler thing. Um, haven't been able to finish yet because, well, one, because it was super hard at first, but then they nerfed it to make it a little easier because nobody could freaking finish it. Um, but then we bugged out. Yeah. The yeah. last time that we played it after the nerf, we were doing really well and we got to a room and it just bugged out and wouldn't let us progress. So very sad. Yeah. It's a cool concept. I'm. It's fun to see when they add different game modes to Dota. It's just kind of like a fun event thing. And this has probably been one of the better ones, I would say. Yeah, in comparison like this to what they've and Siltbreaker and like some of the other high-end ones. Mm-hmm. Also, this one is free, which they haven't done forever. Right. Like, Caleb doesn't even have a battle pass and he can play it. Yeah. Very nice. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I'll go. I just have two games on my list. I mentioned one last podcast. I've been playing Neon Abyss that I have since beat. Um, and by beat, I just mean finish all the bosses, get through the main campaign scenarios. Um, it is a, I mentioned this last time, it's a rogue light action platformer game. It's kind of like Binding of Isaac slash Enter the Gungeon. Um, has kind of like all of the typical things rooms with doors that shut, have to feed all the enemies in the room. There's hidden rooms, there's um, uh, angel and devil rooms, uh, and those kind of play into the game a little bit because there are two hidden bosses, which is kind of cool. Um, there's a treasure, there's a shop, or there's a treasure room, there's a shop, there's uh, challenge rooms, and then they have this sort of uh, unlock progression that you're sort of playing with as you're going throughout the story. So when you kill a boss, you collect this little stone, and you can take that back, and then you can unlock different things in the game. Some of those are characters, some of those are... Uh, rooms like I've unlocked a piano room. I've also unlocked a room where you do dance, like break dancing, essentially. Um, they also have some other rooms you can unlock, like uh, you know, like choose your own ending room, where you either pick left or right, and depending on what you go, it may be a good benefit or a detriment to your run that you're having. Um, it's cool. It's it, it. I don't think it has the same Binding of Isaac feel, but it it looks good. It's fun to play, and it's. Uh, I will still go back and play it. It was a pretty short 
game, but I'll still go back and play it just to continue progressing through and finding all of the ridiculous item it combos. It was pretty short. Yeah. Define pretty short. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just saying, like, I have probably played... I shouldn't say it's pretty short. I should say... No, I think it's you pretty short. I've 27 played, hours on record. <laughs> yeah, and I have a lot more hours on record for Binding of Isaac, and I still haven't beat that game. Okay. I have not beat all the okay, bosses. In that, in that perspective, yeah. Uh, I also have a ton of hours in Enter the Gungeon. I still have not beat that game. The final boss is super difficult. So this game is just easy, uh, is what you're saying. Boss. It's easier. I did find out if you beat the whole game five runs in a row without losing on the hardest difficulty, it unlocks an abyssal difficulty that's significantly <laughs> harder than anything you've oh. played in the game. So oh, wow. that's sort of the next thing I'm going to try. Um, nice. It's, it's cool. It's Like I said, it's cool aesthetic. Isn't, it's a fun game to jump in and just play. It doesn't take long to do a run. Isn't the thing with roguelikes, it's like like you sometimes just get bad luck? Yes. Like you have to, you have to get lucky runs to win, essentially. Or just be good. Yeah. I, L- lucky or know what everything does. Yes, that is, it, it doesn't play in and factor in as much. Like I said, there's not a lot of dysergy in this game. There's a ton of synergy. There's not a lot of dysergy in the fact that you pick something up. It may not just screw up your entire character build. So more items is better, essentially, versus Binding of Isaac. If you pick up an item, you may just completely ruin your ability to kill enemies. Yeah, you got all these good upgrades and you pick up soy milk by accident. Oh, gosh, it's the worst. Yeah, that's the end a of that terrible run. item. Um. They had some. They, they also had some problems with the game up, like right at the beginning, with issues with uh, your um, little eggs that you hatch into your pets. Um, some of them, there, there's like a problem where you in a room if there's enemies, they're just automatically firing. And one of the base mechanics of the game is there are these little crystal boxes you have to find throughout the game. And if you put a crystal in it, it works you towards getting to an angel room. Um, but if all of your your pets are firing bullets everywhere it hits one and it turns it into kind of like a um, thorny looking version of it and you take damage from it and then that will send you to the devil room so there's like a weird imbalance of being able to get crystals without having pets and that was kind of strange they also had some that are um for some reason they built with like no pass through for your bullets so if you happen to pick up an item that just causes your bullets to explode on impact you pretty Uh-oh. much just kill yourself instantly even with a ton <laughs> of hearts <laughs> so I they they have been very active there's been a lot of patches and they've already introduced some new stuff and they have a lot of plans apparently to introduce some of the um, base things in the, in the starting room there's like an elevator there's a statue they're like introducing things as they go that are just added content um, this is not elevator like a DLC a it's statue. Just, yeah there's a broken statue buy this that nobody game. knows how to fix there's an elevator that doesn't work that eventually leads to a room where you get to test out all of your items every item in the game so it's it's a cool game huh. um the, the other thing i've been playing is other side which is a game that i was super pumped about at pax east uh just this year it is a turn-based tactical rogue light um that is a very very hard game uh probably the most interesting thing about this game is they have a dynamic timeline system so like most tactic turn-based tactics games you have uh action points and in this case you have 100 action points but once you pass 50 if you use enough abilities or movement to pass 50 you go into what's called burst mode 
And when you go into burst mode, it moves you on the dynamic track all the way up to 100, regardless. So if you use one ability, it costs 20 AP, it just moves you to 50, and that's where your next action is going to be. If you use multiple abilities and you get to 51 AP that you've used, you're automatically at 100 on the initiative track. So when you do burst, it's basically like you're sacrificing a round in order to be able to do something with that character. And enemies will get to act before you, so you're putting yourself in a bad position. Um, most abilities in the game are AP-based. Some of them are uh, bleed-based, so it's like a, per a percentage of your hit points for things like reactions, which are, uh, you know, if some, you get attacked, you do something as a reaction, or an interception, which is essentially just, uh, you know, somebody, one of your teammates is getting attacked and you can stop them. Um, the, con the core concept of this game is kind of strange because you play as a bunch of what the they're called daughters, and you essentially... And there's some weird concepts in this game. You germinate a bunch <laughs> of children from this one mother, and then those children go and fight battles in this like French end times world against this evil creeping enemy. Everything's in black and white with the exception of red, just to show the blood and like a one single piece of like a part of the clothing of all of the daughters. Hey, there's a yellow in there too. Oh, they're in their eyes. That's true. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. is yellow in their eyes. Not there, yeah. <laughs> um, so your daughters will go through what's called a recollection, which is essentially just like a one beat timeline of like fighting your way through various scenarios until you get to the boss. Uh, every run is seven days long. After fight day, five days, you can fight the boss. At seven, you fight him automatically. And as you're progressing, you are germinating new daughters. You are also sacrificing daughters to regenerate daughters because you cannot heal in the game any way other than killing one of your daughters to regenerate Jesus. another one. So it's it's just like real life. Yeah, it's just like real life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you sacrifice, you can only sacrifice a daughter to heal one that is equal to or lower level. So you can't use like uh, you know lower level heroes to heal your powerful ones. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. The one way that they give you the benefit though is when you do sacrifice a daughter, you get what's called um, a, a, a remembrance of them. Jesus. And it essentially is part of what they were becomes part of the daughter that was healed from that daughter that you sacrificed. So like a glossary that comes with the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also uh, I said remembrances. There's also dreams, which are like single recollection buffs. Oh, they have. I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But the the, um, the game is um, it's unique. I think the dynamic timeline system is really cool, but it is very repetitive already. Um, you're like, it's very, you're kind of doing the same things over and over and over and over. And you're just kind of taking it back to, all right, I'm going to do these scenarios that don't really play into the story too much until I get to the boss, which is the main part of the story that you really care about. Um, and unlike normal roguelikes where you kind of like are building benefits onto your characters so that you can play, this kind of has a weird, you have to choose what you want in order to maintain the longevity of your characters or just kill them all off and restart so that you can have better buffs at the beginning of the game. And But you, you start with level one characters at that point. It's um, There's uh, one other thing to mention. There's four classes in this game. There's a shield class, classic uh, blade class, a gun class, and then a scythe-based armor break debuff class. And Naturally. Those are the four things you get, <laughs> and they sort of gain abilities as they, as they level up. The it's cool. The gunslingers seem really good. Yeah, the gunslingers have some in, uh, interrupts are the best thing in the game by far, but they kill your characters because you have to sacrifice HP to use them. Hmm. So, oh, 
game seems it's like an interesting too get much. I it agree. Is, <laughs> it, it's it's a lot. It's like very tactical. It's like playing chess without knowing like literally anything that the enemy is going to do because it's, it's very mm. randomized who they're choosing. It's not based on health. It's not based on level. It's just kind of like they pick someone, they target them, and they go after them. It feels like chess if they were like, okay, so bishops do quorn blows, <laughs> and that's where you have to eat two pawns, and Correct. then you get a buff based on your remembrance stat. <laughs> based on your remembrance stat. That's, yeah. that's actually exactly what the game says in the description on Steam. That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. Speaking of super complicated chess, Alex, did you did you talk uh, about the super complicated chess that you I didn't talk about it. I, what is it called, even? 5D chess. Five. What is 5D uh, chess? It's 5D chess yeah. with multiverse time travel. Yeah, that's the name. What? Of it. I refunded this game. I don't know if I told you. Wow. That. It's like really good. It is chess. If if every move you made spawned a new chessboard, and that chessboard, if you imagined all those chessboards stacked on top of each other, and then. If you imagine being able to move the pieces in 3D space on those stacked boards, but then also when you do that, it splits out that board into a separate timeline, and now you have a now you have multiple parallel timelines of stacked <laughs> chessboards all at once, and you have to play on all of them up to the present and make sure your king's not in check in order to move on to the next move. No. And your objective <laughs> your objective is to checkmate the opponent's king in any timeline. So you could mm. potentially say move your queen to a space on the present board that would put a king from 7 moves ago in checkmate and if they can't move that king to a different timeline or do something in that space to prevent that then you win. No. You're suggesting this wasn't fun. <laughs> so it's a cool idea, but also it is so hard to comprehend what is happening and figure out how to accomplish things. It is just insane. I tried looking up tutorials on YouTube, like none exist except for there was a guy that posted one and at the beginning of the video, he was like, nobody's posted any tutorials for this thing. So I thought I'd do one. And there's like a puzzle mode in the game. And the first puzzle, he's like, this is how you do it. And he shows it. And I was like, I don't even understand what he did. But then like, I watched it a couple of times. Like, okay, I think I get it. And then he moves on to the second puzzle and he's like, wait, I don't remember how to do this one. That was the tutorial <laughs> that he put out. Okay. I just want to mention two things about this. Number one, it's overwhelmingly positive on Steam. Granted, it only yeah. has 577 <laughs> reviews. Number two, I want to read you two reviews from the Steam page. Number one, perfect for chess novices, because even if you play against an expert, they're just as confused as you are. Yeah, That's review one. <laughs> that makes sense. Second review, I was playing a game against a human opponent online, and at one point, they sent a queen back in time for one of the 10 timelines currently in play to put five of my past kings in to check at once. I sent one of my own pieces even further back to stall, and they proceeded to send one of their queens back to the start of the game and try and beat me before I even got to that point. <laughs> my head yeah. hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is very crazy. Wild. Uh, Caleb, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing... I, I tried out Trackmania. Because I heard Trackmania is free. Yeah. There's a correction on that. Two servers on Trackmania are free. 
the the server that has the current season of of uh, maps, which I'm, I think it has like twenty some maps, and I'm not sure. whatever the most popular arcade server is. Those those are the two you can play for free. I will say it is fun. Uh, I have I've I've spent a couple hours playing it probably, but it's, it's mostly just mindless racing. You can do something else, like listen to a podcast or something, and play it super easily. Or you can race against me and get very competitive, and then when no, you beat me by point no. two seconds, I get mad. Point <laughs> oh two seconds. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so there's like three tiers of that game. You can you can get the free and you just get access to those two servers, whatever the most popular one is and their current thing. But if you pay $10, you get a year of access that you can get to any server, but you can't join clubs. And then I think oh. if you pay like $20, you get access to a, a year of club access where you can like join clubs, which gives you exclusive like... Like clubs can have skins associated with them, so you can get cool car skins, or like they'll they can host events and stuff like that. So you can like follow a community essentially. Um, Man, I was really hoping we were past subscription services for games. Yeah, <laughs> well, you can pay up to sixty dollars for three years of access. That still doesn't give you infinite access to the game. Three Gosh. years from now, you'll have to pay again. You know, I vaguely remember there was like news stories coming out where they were like, it's not a subscription service. You just pay for access on a yearly basis. Yeah. <laughs> that was like that is actually uh-huh. what they're trying to position it as. They're like, yeah. no, you're not it's not a subscription. You just have to rebuy the game every so often. It's <laughs> so just like dumb. here's the problem with Very that. Dumb. That sounds worse. <laughs> like that sounds way worse than just saying yeah it's a subscription their their justification is that their old model was you bought a Trackmania game so like Trackmania Valley came out and you bought that one and you got access to that one but then they put out a new one that had a new tile set and you would have to buy that one and then they put out a third one and you have to buy that one and it splinters the community not everybody can race together. You can't combine the tracks, but they still need to make money by putting out new stuff somehow. In this case, they're like, we're going to still do that. We're still going to put out new stuff at the same rate that we were, except for you don't have to rebuy it and like be separated from your old content. All that's just going to go with you, except for you still have to rebuy the game, but it's all together <laughs> still. Yeah, but they could just do like the DLC version of that. Where you get all the yeah. stuff and you bought it when you bought it. And then if you want to buy the new tile sets, you can do that. No, or but you that, cannot. That still splinters the community though, because the people that don't have the <laughs> DLC won't be able to play with other people that do have it. Yeah. Correct. And like the Trackmania community is small enough that if you break it up, that's bad. No. Hmm. Sounds like it's got a one up on Destiny too. <laughs> Shots of iron. <laughs> Yeah, you could go Destiny route where they just they put out a new tile set and then they just take the old one away that you paid yeah, like, for. Listen, buddy, I know you spent like at this point like a hundred and forty fucking dollars on this game, but you know what? We're gonna take like half of it away from you for a little while if that's all right. All right, great. Can't wait to see you next year. Yeah, we'll reintroduce it in two years as new content. By the way, It'll be fresh. AKA Earth is coming back. And you're like, oh friggin' sweet dude. 
Can't wait to get your $40 <laughs> next fall. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Osiris is coming back. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, I've been playing some other games. Uh, Sekiro, as I talked about last time, I'm only bringing it up now because they announced they're going to have a new update this fall. It's going to add a boss rush mode, which will be pretty cool. And they're at, oh. also adding in the uh, online messaging system that Dark Souls has that this apparently doesn't for some reason. If I may ask, Caleb, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how many times have your shadows died? What are you? I don't even know what twice. you're asking. Twice is the answer, Caleb. <laughs> What's the name oh, of the game? Oh, see, I don't even it. know. It's just oh Sekiro. Oh my gosh. I've completely forgotten Christ. that it has wow. a subtitle. Wow. <laughs> Oh, I can't so take you lost. anywhere. I forgot about the subtitle entirely. So, I was just as lost. I'm gonna not even lie. <laughs> thank you. Come thank on, you. guys. Guys, I barely <laughs> play video games, and like this is this like come on. Uh, Shadows uh, also, die twice. Oh. Also played some of this game called Blightbound. It had a free weekend this last weekend. Um, yeah, it's I, now I played it out in early access. Yeah. Alex played it with me. We played it with one of our friends. It's um, a side scroll beat 'em up kind of uh, Castle Crashers or Full Metal Furies like. Uh, it's pretty cool so far. All of the well, the three base starting classes seem super unique. Uh, it does have one glaring issue, where until you get settlement level like nine or something, you can't select which character you want to play. Yep, is that what a dumb idea? Man? You queue and it just gives you one, and that's the one you're playing for that there, mission. I mean, there's essentially like a rogue, a tank, and a a mage, yeah. and you're like, yeah, cool. I want to play this cool mage, and the game's like, no, you don't get to choose. I choose. You don't. You don't get to choose yet. Later, we'll let you choose. Later on, when you upgrade your settlement, you can pick who you play as. What is that? Very odd decision. Also, have... there are mechanics in place to like force you to not play the same character all the time already. Yeah, it has a mechanic that I really like that Children of Morta had that I loved in that game, where if you play the same character over and over, they get this sort of debuff that builds up over time, and you have to stop playing them for a while so it settles down. So you like swap characters around and play different ones all the time. Which is, it's, That sounds terrible, I know. But <laughs> yeah, in, you say it like gameplay, that, it sounds really bad. It does, but in gameplay, it's actually really good. I thought... Hades? But not letting you choose is much worse. I thought Hades did a pretty good job with it. You just get a bonus. They rotate out what weapon gets like this. It's basically like a money bonus. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's never the weapon you just used. Yeah. Like it doesn't have multiple characters. It has different weapons that you pick at the start. And they're all right. very, very different. Uh, and so basically rather than penalizing you for playing over and over again, it just rewards you for switching, which I think is a I... little cleaner have enough of that resource in that game that it doesn't matter anymore which that, one has that I buff. I mean, that's fair. I just pick the spear usually. But to be fair, by the time you don't need that resource anymore, you're probably basically done with the game, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I have beaten it multiple times, but just it's the the rest of it's not done yet, so. Yeah. I think it's supposed to come out this year. Is it? Nice. I think so. That's exciting. Um, Are you done, Caleb? Yep, that's it for me. Okay. Hey, Frank, before we do you, let's try to fix your mic so it doesn't sound like you're in a wind tunnel about to explode. How are we doing? Gosh. He is in a wind tunnel. That's going to be... And, and he's about to explode. Warning, Frank. Yeah. 
Uh, you may need to just turn down your do, gain or something. Do you want me to just like get up on this shit? <laughs> I mean, yes, but lo- lower your gain and you'll be fine. Okay, stand by. Stand by. Pause. I was actually I, I, great minds to think alike. I was gonna is this, pause for a second too. Is this uh, doing any better? Seems to be doing better. I mean, yeah, okay. until you get excited and yell, and then it'll probably. <laughs> Dude, I never do that. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Like, like speak, we... speak in an in an excited, an excited way. Frank voice, yeah. Holy shit! No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <was> perfect. <laughs> I mean, it sounds better than it did. Uh, that yeah, is true, for sure. Okay, so like I turned it down to about like half, and I'm like getting really excited, and I'm just talking about COVID. <laughs> that'll that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. It's a little echoey, but that's you know not solvable really. That's yeah, because no, I'm I'm, I'm I'm in a very like empty room. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Frank, how about you? What have you been playing lately? Okay, dude. So listen, I've been uh, I got three games I've been playing lately. All right, I'm gonna start out with the one that we all know, may not love. Uh, the Halo Master Chief Collection came out on PC. Randomly booted it up one day when it was hot as fuck outside. Didn't really want to do anything, and I was like, "Hey, Halo sounds good. Uh, it's Halo. Uh, it looks good. I like being able to change between the uh, uh, old and new graphics." And I just really appreciate the package that the, that they put together with that. I think it's is really it, un- unique. Is it on the fly? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's on literally the a hotkey. It is insane mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> That's crazy. I remember doing it on my Xbox One, and that it was just so great to just toggle it back and forth. The, this tells me that they're rendering both at the same time. I think. Which no, that's impossible. That's only on the <laughs> Xbox XX. XX. <laughs> You gotta be running two Xboxes concurrently. Via LAN connection. Uh, yeah. Via one of those uh switch one of those XY cables, you know, that rotates halfway through. Crossover cable. Crossover cable, yeah. Want me to do it right there. Now we're talking. Is there uh anything specific happening with the Master Chief collection recently? I just not just you, Frank, but I've seen like a lot of friends in different groups all gravitating towards it this week for some reason and I was wondering I, if maybe they added. I think like, it was new... it was the announcement of Halo Infinite and mm. people being like, Oh shit, yeah, Halo's a fucking thing, right? I hey they... boys, <laughs> let's let's go play some Slaya. I think they also it's... just added Halo three. They did yes. on the fourteenth of July. Ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was just one and two? I no, no so it wasn't even it, one. Um, yeah, it was first. Re- so they released it in, in chronological order of the storyline. So it was Reach, Halo CE, <laughs> Halo 2, Halo 3, ODST. I, why did they release it differently on PC? Because the Xbox version just had all of that there like it yeah. was just all in one package already done so i would assume if they were porting it over to pc that it would just be the same way like i don't understand why they were like taking their grandiose time and piecemealing it fucking out. i don't think they I, I think some... it was i think it was a large majority to do with the fact that a lot of those games were on 360 two mm-hmm. of them were just on xbox so like and you're releasing it on another Xbox platform, assuming that like the architecture and all that stuff kind of carries along with yeah. where in which you're trying to bring it to an entirely different platform. 
Right. Also, the the Master Chief Collection isn't a game that you can port. The Master Chief Collection is like a framework that holds a bunch of different games. Right. And so as they finish the ports for each individual game, they're adding them to the Master Chief Collection. Gotcha. Right. So other than that, that's been fun. Alex and I have been uh, kind of playing Halo 2. The one thing that I do like yep. is that they also uh, did some some pretty high-quality uh, cutscenes to go along with the story just to just because it's kind of like oh yeah like this is neat um and i kind of just uh the number one thing that i like about halo is the music so playing that has just been like man i fucking love this music it does have awesome music marty o'donnell yeah um before you get off the 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 topic of halo i i just wanted to ask uh did they continue leaving all of the like um super bounces and all of like the weird glitches and things that you can do from the Xbox Halos into the PC ones as well or did they kind of like finally patch any of that out? I think that in multiplayer like any exploits were yeah. sort of taken care of uh but in single player like you can still do a lot of the a lot of the glitches. That's cool. Got it. I was going to mention that um uh, Command and Conquer Remastered came out this year, and they also have real-time graphics switching on the fly with a hotkey. <laughs> it's a very strange thing it's to so have. So cool! But yeah, it's so cool. I mean, it's it's also really cool to like look at it where you're like, like this looks acceptable. Like when you're just in like the modern mode, and then you turn it back, and you're like, wow, this looks like <laughs> fucking ass. Yeah. Yeah. But then you remember back when you were like a kid, and you're like, dude, this game's fucking dope. looks amazing look at that wall and it's just like it looks like somebody just like had diary on a wall (laughs) yeah um another game that i played i know i'm a little late to the game but it was on sale during the steam sale this summer uh was star wars jedi fallen order um first of all i'll say i really i I really enjoyed that game um i thought it was i thought it was solid um really liked the the combat uh as sort of simple as it was but like the the way that i was looking at it was that it was a little bit of a uh, power trip it was like a a power trip in a souls game Mm -hmm. uh a Mm -hmm. little bit um the storyline was garbage uh it got good right (laughs) at the end and uh then stopped uh bd1 (laughs) is the shit yep Uh, i love that motherfucker uh like Friggin' BB-8 can can suck BD-1's like <laughs> bombastic fucking robo testes. Like <laughs> they uh the they apparently gave the voice actor a model BD-1 to put on his shoulder while he was doing the voice acting for it. So that way, when he was interacting, he had like the model on him to kind of like bounce back off of and feel like what it would be like to have the uh, robot with him. I'm honestly a little surprised they didn't have Andy Serkis play BD1. Like motion tap him and then shrink it down. Yeah, he, he'd just be like, like, I don't know what, like, you know, I just had to get in the mind of a robot. And, you know, I never done that. You know, I did Gollum in like Lord of the Rings, right? But uh, I never really done a robot before. <laughs> and so he's just like hanging on the back of his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to fight with a lightsaber, Andy Serkis is just like, oh! 
<laughs> anyway, um, yeah, some some things, issues that I had with the game uh, was that I... The main issue that I had with the game was that there wasn't enough of it. I I just was really enjoying my time with it, and I could see the end coming, and I was like, I'm not done yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I played it twice. Um, nice. Oh. On a harder difficulty. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that and really the the planets, um, just like being able to have more planets. Like if they made another uh, game in this series, like as much as I hate sequels in this day and age of video games, I would be all on board. Which is really strange because when I first saw this game in E three, I was like, "This game looks like shit." Because I, I, I don't know what it was. I was like, I just, I don't think it looks like a good game. And then I played it and I was very pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Um, didn't like the fact that I had to get 80% the way through the game to like really change my lightsaber color, which is really the only thing that matters. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like that either. Uh, B, the fact that each lightsaber color has a different sound to it. I very much appreciate because the green sound sounds exactly like Luke Sky, mm-hmm. Luke's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi, which is one of my favorite like lightsaber sounds. I wish there was a way to be able to tweak the sound of your lightsaber. Mm. So it's basically just nitpicks towards the game overall. Thoroughly enjoyed my time. I very much appreciate the fact that when they did the um, lightsaber building for uh, Black Spire Outpost in Disney World, all of the parts are in this game that you can choose from when you make it and all of the different colors mm. match the That's different cool. sounds from the game. Nice. So it's, cool. it's, it's very cool because I, I forgot that that was a thing until I switched the crystals on my lightsaber and I heard the different one and I was like, wait, that's not the same sound. And then I went back and played Jedi Fallen Order and I was like, oh shit, it's even in Jedi Fallen Order that all of the lightsabers sound different. Yeah, so there was like there's there was colors where I was like I like this color but I want this sound. And I just wish there was a way to do that. Very very minor complaint. Um <laughs> the game that I've been playing most recently as uh, older game that's been recently uh, sort of modded, updated, expanded, however you want to put it, is XCOM 2 or The Chosen. Uh they're in the XCOM series uh, which is a very uh, long and, and heralded series in, in the uh, tactical turn-based genre. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a mod called Long War, which like expanded, totally changed the game and made the game longer, more difficult, with more characters or more character classes, uh, more enemies, more weapons, etc., uh, so they, the XCOM two when it first came out was a little little rough. Um, the War of the Chosen expansion that they released, I think, really uh, brought a lot to the game that made it more interesting. Um, and then they released uh, Long War of the Chosen, and I've been uh, playing that. And uh, I took a lot of time to make a lot of people that I know in the character creator uh, to populate the the soldiers. Um, and it's been pretty interesting and heartbreaking to <laughs> see some of these soldiers die. Unfortunately, Chad 
um, died in the very first mission. It was not. It was. It was not my fault. Chad, if you're listening, sure I'm sorry. Um, oh, man. But uh, it's. I also realized that it's with how many characters I have. I mean, in XCOM, in in this version, you can bring twelve soldiers on a mission. Wow. And there are eleven classes in total. Uh, two with snipers, got it. With, <laughs> <laughs> um, with then, if you go down the two tech trees, you have eleven classes. Uh, but they also added each and every soldier gets a. There's a pool of points, where in which each and every soldier gets random abilities from every single class in in a third tree. Um, and so you can get a sniper with like run and gun or, um, like, uh, like a ranger that has like, uh, the, the sniper's power shot or anything like that. So it definitely makes it interesting, makes, makes each soldier unique. Um, and naming it, naming or sort of populating it with people that I know has actually made it a lot easier to remember what they are because I associate Alex with, uh, a healer, even though he's not, (laughs) but, uh, God knows Caleb can never fucking make a shot ever. (laughs) That's not my fault. You didn't give me the proper gear. Caleb in my XCOM game who shot like eight people in a row without dying or without even (laughs) had to getting a new turn. It was just all in one turn. Just, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a wicked sneaky guy. Like he can go through the entire mission and the enemies won't know he's there. But when I'm like, Hey buddy, you got to make this shot or somebody's going to die. And he's like, okay, 88%. I got you, brother. And then he just fucking shoots in the entire other fucking direction. (laughs) Oh, man. Classic. Uh, so you told yeah. me I, I got benched recently. Yeah, you did get benched, oh. motherfucker. You, mm. I did bad. Did he panic and shoot one of his teammates? No, he didn't. He didn't do that. He, it was just like I was prepping to breach into this room, and somehow he managed to like activate an entire room, which was like six troopers, and he was the last one to go in the turn out of. All oh 12. Oh my gosh. And then it just turned into utter chaos. Like, I was on damage control for the rest of that entire fucking mission. 12 and, sounds overwhelming. Uh, yeah, but when you're facing <laughs> off against, like, you know, 24 aliens, you know, you, you need it. That sounds more overwhelming. <laughs> it's long war, dude. It sounds like yeah. a lot of extra positioning strategy. Yeah, it's it's a lot of almost like sequencing mm-hmm. where where in which you also have contingency plans for your plan where you're like okay i'll have this guy shoot this guy and he should die if he doesn't this guy will back him up so what you're actually playing is 5d chess with multiverse time travel <laughs> but in XCOM. but there's aliens yeah but yeah, yeah 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 of course of course awesome that sounds fun actually it's very is good this, it, it, is this a like, new, like a new release uh for yeah. it, it's like a mod right Yes, yeah, it is a mod, but it it is in uh like publicly endorsed by the developers of the game. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. That doesn't happen uh, very often. Yeah, no, they're they're very much like, yeah, we absolutely support like they'll patch the game 
if like they release a patch and it breaks long war like they'll they'll go and try and fix it to make sure that long war keeps working wow they must have a dedicated player base who wants long war so that's why they're doing that yeah there there is and i am one of them <laughs> <laughs> um let's uh let's step in to talk about a couple things uh news game board game related um first and foremost let's talk about uh the hardware that's supposed to be coming out this holiday season uh xbox and ps4 um ps5 i mean ps5 Whoa. i don't know why i said ps4 yeah i was just looking at because that's the one that's out on, nimrod i was looking at a graph on uh Four? teraflop performance and they have the ps4 pro listed on here um let's talk about the xbox flop first yeah, so Xbox did their whole like big, hey, these are all of the games that are going to be coming out for the Xbox this fall. Like, you know, get ready for it. Um, I have never been more disappointed watching people like show off new games in my entire life. It just none of the games looked good or interesting it was just like hey we know that like you guys like some psychological thrillers so we're gonna make like five different ones of those we're and, remaking uh, two human yeah like here's <laughs> here's a halo infinite which you've got a fucking grappling hook for some reason and that's weird and they i was played like a little doom and they were like man we need some more <laughs> mobility yeah and i was like Hey, all right cool you, know, you want my hot take put a grappling hook in every video game <laughs> grappling hooks are so good concur concur yeah. we need to you know what let's get congress on that. i i disagree that's the reason i stopped <laughs> playing that stupid survival zombie game it's because frank got a freaking grappling hook and no one else had it and then nobody could keep up yeah. <laughs> it's just... get fucking good <laughs> so so i was like all right and then they were just like oh yeah and here's some other games that actually look interesting but don't worry those interesting games are going to be on other platforms and i was like, I was like then why, why the f we're remaking <laughs> cameo like like they were like oh yeah so here's what like obsidian's been up to so there's this new rpg that they're making that'll be out on all platforms and i was like cool dope can't wait to see it on pc and they were like oh yeah and there's also this fun like game where that they're the obsidian made where you get to be with your friends in like this kind of survival horror but you're small you're like ant sized and i was like all right seems legit can't wait to play it on steam like that game's out listen that listen, game is know? in alpha right now and i'm I, if you guys want to play it i'm 100 percent down mm. No, uh, but like, <laughs> I, I don't know, like anything that they had in their like showcase just seemed awful. And I was just like, yeah, nothing that is specific to Xbox in this makes me want to buy an Xbox. This just seems disappointing uh, no. beyond no, 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 belief. No. You need to buy an Xbox Series X because GTA 5 is launching on it. Yeah, and that <laughs> is the real freaking deal right there. Don't worry, GTA Five is up. also coming to PlayStation Five, so we're we just it's a brand new game, dude. Yeah, Why and, and it'll it? be on your phone soon. I'm sure. Like, yes, you can play PlayStation Five on anything. You just have right. to wait for thirty have minutes for it to guys, load it. Have you guys seen the meme of Rockstar and Bethesda like fist bumping <laughs> about the fact that they've been selling the same game for over a decade? Yeah, it's quite good. It's excellent. Have you like, seen the one that's like Rockstar from like 2000 to 2007 and then Rockstar from like 2008 to <laughs> yeah, now? It's just GTA 5, GTA 5, GTA 5. And it's like a bunch of different Rockstar games for the first period and then it's all GTA 5 for the yes, second period. Yes, it's so good. 
gosh. Uh, to give a little bit of credit to Microsoft, I don't really know what you were expecting watching their presentation because all of their games are coming to PC from now on. Yeah. So to be disappointed that, that all the stuff you saw is going to be on your PC anyway, I could have told you that before you watched it. Like, it, I, I don't know. It just seems like even if they were trying to, like, hype up and show off anything interesting, they just... They there, they feel much more like they're becoming a service company instead of a hardware company. Yeah, and like, I wouldn't be surprised if soon they stopped making consoles. The, I I am blown away they're making this console. Yeah, yeah. the I, fact honestly, that they've, they've gotten you. to the point where they're releasing everything on PC. Also, granted, yeah. I get it. There is a there's a, a a group of people that will only buy a console. That's all they'll do is they're just they don't want a PC. They don't want to build it. Let's buy a console. We'll spend the five hundred, six hundred dollars, whatever it is, for the pro version, and just yeah, one hundred percent. But I mean, at this point, you're pretty much buying a PC, a PC. just yeah. with yeah. Uh, an operating system, right? I don't know right. if yep. you looked at this new one, but it looks like a tower. Yeah. It does yep. look yep. like a tower, unlike the They're PS5, almost there. which looks nothing like a tower. Looks, looks like, like a one of those Alienware Wi-Fi towers. router. Yeah, looks like, a router. like a router. That's right. It, I tried I, to reset my router and suddenly GTA 5 fucking shit the bed. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, speaking it, of... Go ahead, Owen. Oh, I was just going to say, and, and like wrapping it out, like at the end of all of it, they were just like, yeah, so here's all the games. And I was just like, well, this is extremely un... Just, 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 this is just extremely disappointing and unenthused. And then they were just like, oh, and Fable. And I was like... Fable's coming back, baby. And yeah, then everyone was like, Whoa. I don't know how I feel about that, though. Like, I feel like my feelings towards th- them making a new Fable is the same feelings I have towards a live-action Avatar, which is, <laughs> in the past, you've done a really bad job, but I know that there's good source material, so could you do better? <laughs> I mean, the really only source material that I can remember from Fable is just, like, being called a chicken chaser. Yeah, chicken chaser. chickens. <laughs> very good. Like, I, I think, like, Fable 1 was just absolutely fantastic and amazing and probably one of the best games. I played way too many hours of Fable 2, but I had a lot of fun with it. And then Fable 3, I was just like, this is hot garbage. <laughs> so, Tell you what, Fable 1 does not hold up. No. Oh, I know, which is why I've never gone back, because I'm aware that it will not hold up. I played it a few years ago. It was pretty good. Like, four years ago, I think. I will tell you, the, the one thing I am excited about uh, from the announcement stuff is Stalker 2. Oh, wait, sorry. S period, T period, A period, L period, <laughs> K period, E period, R period 2. Go yeah. on. Yeah. Jake That's... would correct you if you didn't correct I mean, yourself I, there. I wanted to make sure that I said it right. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't like have known nothing. what game you were talking about. There's absolutely <laughs> nothing in that trailer. It's just some, like, not even really cinematic shots of the universe, but it's like, oh, hey, we're bringing it back. Which I'm excited about. Bring back Stalker 2. Well, see, the thing is, is what's confusing is that, I mean, you guys know about Escape from Tarkov? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's from the same developers as Stalker. I didn't know that. And, like, the entire point of when they were making it was, yeah, we want to make another Stalker, but we want to make it all, like, crazy detailed tactical and shit. But then, then, like, Battle Royales started becoming a thing, and they were like, oh, well, let's, you know, get a little money to, to really, like, pimp this shit out. And so they turned it into what it is now. And now I don't think we're ever going to get an Escape from Tarkov, like, video game, which is really disappointing because I really like 
all the details that they put into that game, mm-hmm. do not like playing it. <laughs> Rough. Uh, real quick on Microsoft, though, they did say at the very end that they're going to have another event to show more games because they did not put all of their games in this event. Why? So interesting. Uh, why? Cool. Yeah. Did you did you not want to show off all of the good games that you obviously don't have they, like at the start or something? I'm sure their thought process was Halo will carry this one. Mm, and yeah. we'll we'll show the interesting stuff later. Let me tell you something. Halo did not carry this one. <laughs> yeah, like freaking Sony comes in good. and just like drops the bomb down with like all these crazy mm-hmm. ass games coming out. Like like they crushed it. And then fuck Microsoft comes in, they're like, yo, uh GTA guys, do you guys like Halo? <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking let's talk about Grand Theft Auto 5. <laughs> it's coming again. It's like Sony's <laughs> sitting here just being like, yo, you guys remember that Spider-Man game that you played like two years ago? What if you got more of that? Oh, here's all of these other dope exclusives. Like, I'm just like, wow, like they're turning out exclusives hand over fist. Like, and just, then Xbox is just like, we got Halo. And I'm like, like yeah, I don't just I'm not interested anymore in whatever Microsoft is up to. <laughs> Sony just like comes in with like an LED dance floor disco ball fucking break dancing with a crew. You got like you got like the fucking insane clown posse over in the corner, just like it was a wild <laughs> ass party. And then you got Microsoft sitting over there, just like doing the chicken dance by themselves in like <laughs> an old church that's now a dance floor. Hey, yeah. speaking of speaking of the PS5, let's talk about the production numbers for that. Yeah, um, um, I just wanted to bring it up real quick because something got out where apparently I don't know if this is confirmed from sony but it's leaked that they have 10 million units that they're producing for their first run which would be like double what they did for ps4 and um also there is people that have dug through the code on the site and pulled out stuff related to error messages um that you can only add one unit to your shopping cart uh when when orders go live so they're limiting to one per person and are producing double what they produce for PS4. So I think they're anticipating a really big turnout for this thing. And a lot of that I've seen attributed to COVID, actually. Sure. People being inside. I mean, also part of it has to contribute with Microsoft's decision to uh, you know, no longer have exclusives. To just completely shit the bed and not do anything <laughs> interesting. And people buy PS5 for exclusive. I mean, there are some exclusive games people will buy for. They like yeah. the IPs that are there. Uh, like, I don't understand what else you kind of base your console choice off of. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're pretty similar. Most third-party games are going to come out on both. Right. You could argue, like, Xbox Live versus PlayStation sure. Network, whatever they call that doesn't it. It would have really to matter as much anymore. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought so. I, I would have thought the, once you reach a point, it's like they're both fine. I think in the prime days of 360, like Xbox Live was miles ahead. That's at the that's time. almost certainly true. But but now I don't think it really matters. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I always just think it's wild that anyone cares about Xbox anymore. Because I mean, it's like, maybe you have a friend group that's entrenched in one brand. I mean, maybe, but like you just go, guys. There's Xbox has nothing like nothing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like that is 
that you're you're talking about something that literally happened. Like I was an Xbox player, and I was just like, you know, there's not a lot happening on Xbox anymore. And I know that PC is better. And just me and all of my friends just bought and built PCs, and now we're all here. Like yep, it right. it is just a thing of just like I feel like Xbox somehow died far before this console generation, and now they're just like, hey, we're we're gonna we're giving you this new console and i'm just like why who's still playing you yeah um, i mean like last year when e3 was still really a thing their most exciting thing that happened at their press conference was the cyberpunk announcement mm-hmm. and that's gonna be on everything so yep. but but you can you can play sea of thieves now with your friends on on the new xbox you Yay. remember sea of thieves right that game that you didn't play on the last xbox <laughs> yeah like, i mean I, I remember the best part of sea of thieves being when we almost just lost because we, we went the outside map. the map that was the coolest yeah. part of sea of thieves yeah, by far okay one thing i will say for xbox if you are a person that for whatever reason doesn't want to build a PC, doesn't want to invest whatever that will take, and you strictly only want to stick with consoles, and also you're cheap. I think Xbox has a good platform for just for their Game Pass stuff. That's like true. I was about to say Game Pass looks fucking great. It is a very attractive su- a subscription. Like you just. It's like what sixty dollars a year or something like that. So the cost yeah. of one game, and you get and all of you those just games get that you everything. Play. Yeah, yeah. all release everything date, right? day and date. Yep, yep. That's pretty I crazy. Mean, even they have it on PC, and I've picked it up. I think I've only done it once, but I have plans to do it again when, mm-hmm. like, I have a lull, and I'm just like, oh hey, they have a handful of games I want to play. Let me get it for a month or two, play through those games, and you know, probably drop the subscription. But you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. And I agree. I, th- I think that's that the the streaming that they're doing with that is probably the best thing possible. Like, I I I think that as Alex you know pointed out, the the entire switch of them becoming more of a service than a hardware makes more sense, and they have a decent service. And so I just kind of hope that they continue that. Yeah, I think their long term goal is to get everybody and to just sign up for Game Pass, like everybody in the gaming ecosystem. Will eventually have it, and then they'll start pulling Netflix, where they'll ratchet it up at a dollar at a time or something over the course yeah. of a couple of years. <laughs> sure. Oh, then... you want the 4K content? Oh, okay. Well, you got to pay a little bit more, otherwise you can only render in 1080p. And then all of you can play Fallout 76 with me because it's free on Game Pass. We could, we could. Hey, so I, wanted... <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to mention a, a couple things in film here, real quick, before we move on to some board game stuff. Um, Recently announced, uh, Netflix is actually partnering with Ubisoft. Not that I'm excited about that because it's Ubisoft, but uh, <laughs> they've decided that one of their next series they're going to be doing for adaptations from video games is going to be Splinter Cell. Halt. And say they... the full name. <laughs> I actually don't know the name. The full Tom name of the Clancy's. Oh, Splinter oh, that's what you mean. Cell. Okay, fine. <laughs> because Tom Clancy's for Splinter Cell. some reason, they still need to bring up this guy, this dead man's name, for absolutely yeah, yeah, no yeah, reason. Yeah. I well, well, he wrote the screenplay, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Long ago. Um, they have already ordered two seasons of the show. Uh, the guy who wrote John Wick, the first chapter, is going to be writing the first series of the project, or the first uh, season. So but that's exciting. Do they yeah, that have exciting. the stunt team from John Wick? Uh, 
Probably no not, but <laughs> then it'll suck. <laughs> um, we'll see. Okay, so I'm not like a Splinter Cell guy, but I feel like those games aren't known for their stories or characters. <laughs> the original ones that revolve around, and I don't know if they all do, but the ones that I played long ago were just purely Sam Fisher. And it was, yeah. there was a lot of, of, of like um, single mission story-based stuff, but nothing that seemed like it was overarching. She's just, just they, a Navy SEAL. Yeah, I know they there. did more because there's one where he like, he's a double agent. Mm, and like his okay. daughter dies, and then in the next game, she's not dead. Spoiler alert! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I know you I'm didn't guess because it. it's a video game. There's you a, know, is isn't there also one that I distinctly remember was very focused on co-op play? Or uh, am I making of, this up? A lot of them have an extensive co-op mode. Uh, no. I don't know if there was one that was more than the others. I thought there was like I thought Chaos there was theory. one that was like double something or that was double like, agent. Yeah, that maybe it was that, but it was supposed I mean, to be like, hey, we've got we've got two now. You know, you can play. You know, you do all of these things, but maybe that was like the first one that did it. I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to Sam Fisher long ago. That not only did they announce the um, Splinter Cell series, but they also were talking about actually in January they announced that. Uh, 76 million households watched The Witcher in four weeks. Wow. Which is a few people. Um, so a couple days ago, they announced they're going to be doing a spinoff series from The Witcher called The Witcher Blood Origin, which is supposed to happen 1,200 years before Geralt. What? Okay, yeah, But sure. isn't there already shit that's happening in The Witcher that's before Geralt? Probably. Oh, they're just God. like, let's just keep expanding this universe because I feel people like watch this show. Hey, we can also get, you know, that prequel of Game of Thrones in there, too. And yeah, because people still want to see Game of Thrones. We still yeah. want to see a good season eight. Like, I feel like they have enough material to work with for, like, from, a long time for The Witcher. All of The Witcher series? Yeah, all the yeah. books. Yeah. Why would you say, okay, here's the super successful fantasy series. Let's take out the most iconic element, <laughs> put him in the garbage, and focus on the confusing part. Uh, because obviously you want to follow around the adventures of, I assume, those magicians, you know. It's, and it's kind of. Supposedly oh, it's man. supposed to show the origin of the witchers. That's what their, like, premise oh, of the story is. I could not care less. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. I just Super remembered something awful. I didn't mention about Ghost of Tsushima. You know how in The Witcher you call your horse? And he's a big dum dum, and sometimes doesn't even show up. Yeah. Or like you're running down a path, and you're like, "I call my horse," and then your horse goes to the spot where you were when you called it, and you're, but you're running down this path. So in Ghost of Tsushima, you call your horse, and he like runs up next to you, and you can hit a button and hop on him. Very while nice. he's running. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. That's the real very, one. Very nice. What's his name? <laughs> oh, you get to select a name for him of, oh. of three. So you can choose. For, oh, of oh. three? Of Wait. three. It's like. Is it at I least call... one of them like Dildo Butt or something? <laughs> <laughs> like something good? It's just like a couple names and Roach. They just name him Roach. So like. <laughs> Wake Mountain. Bucket. Uh, no, I named mine Nobu. Mm. Um, I think Kage was in there, and I forget the third one. Mm. First name Ho, last name Kage. It's yeah. it's a bit strange that they were like, we want to give them choices, but let's just give them three. I mean, yeah. Well, they yeah. also give you three choices of horse at the beginning. You can get a white, a black, <laughs> okay. or a, I forget what the Painted. third one's called, but he's like, he's like speckled. 
I I mm. can't even think that Apple, it's like a, a like a naming limitation because like you'd actually say the name out loud just because of the fact of like Fallout Four had all of those names that you could just user input and it pronounced hundreds of names. Yeah, so like that's that's probably not also a normal thing. Pain in the ass though. Yeah, yeah, sure it was. I get excited every time he's like, "Good boy, Nobu." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is a good boy." <laughs> I love Nobu. <laughs> Nobu is best boy. Nobu means trust, I think, is what it said. Wow. Like the whole phrase, it means trust, I think. <laughs> trust, I think. Yeah. Trust, comma, I think. Yeah. That's good. With upward inflection at the end. Trust, I, I think. Mm. Uh, let's let's talk a couple bit a, a, a bit about uh, board game related things. Not necessarily board games, but uh, RPG stuff. Um, actually, just today, Pathfinder 2E's Advanced Player Guide came out, oh, and yeah. Starfinder Starship Operations Manual came out. Both of which uh, Caleb and I were reading. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the Pathfinder fence player guide for a second? Oh yeah. This this book has so much in it. It's so good. It's got four new classes: uh, Oracle, Investigator, Witch, and help me out, Jake. Uh, Swashbuckler. Swashbuckler. Not gunslinger. And it's got uh, not gunslinger. I'm not salty. It's fine. <laughs> no guns in it yet. Except for an age of Except Ashes, where there's one. one gun. Yeah, there's an NPC who has one. We can't get it, but he gets it. That's fine. He might be able to get it. We'll see. Uh, but it's also got 40 new archetypes, four of which are multi-class archetypes for the new uh, four classes. But the other 36 are just archetypes that they pulled from first edition. Like you got like a Dragon Disciple, Arcane Archer, things like that. All the, all the big ones from... From one there's, also, like. there's ones that are just like Archer. Oh. Yeah, there's one that's just Archer. There's one that's Acrobat. There's <laughs> a lot of just kind of basic ones. That are like kind of hyper-specific. Yeah, well, Archer's nice because it, it gives you really good proficiencies with bows right out of the gate. And right. otherwise, that's kind of a pain in the ass to get, actually. That's true. It's also got a ton of new feats for just the base classes that already existed of new options for each of those it's got a lot of really good stuff in it, it seems like i'm excited to play with some of it uh on the on the other end is the starfinder starship operations manual which i feel like was written around the idea of getting somebody like frank to play an rpg um the amount of things you can do in a starship the amount of things you can put on a starship is incredible uh they have entire like campaign startups for you to be able to run full starship campaigns and you can even take it a step further they have mechanics a system whereby you can command an armada and go just travel in the solar system and command starships as part of an armada it's like you have an admiral you have uh engineering heads that are specific to ships or specific to the entire armada all of that changes and is dynamic based on how many ships you have there's now boarding parties. There's now uh, drop ships where you can just launch a, uh, you know, like a, a small little ship and go slam into someone else's board it, go take over their ship, add it to your armada. It there's a lot of stuff. I I thought when they were releasing the book that it was just going to be some clarifications, maybe some added ship components, some rules, but it is uh, significantly <laughs> more than that. They even added mechs, right? That that's part of their. They have a playtest. Um, they they came out with oh, a new class, and they have a mech 
um, like mech combat system now where you can basically fight in mechs. Basically mech warrior. Yeah, basically mech warrior in Starfinder universe. Mm -hmm. Also, the, sort of like to wrap up here, the last thing we haven't really talked about is um, ICRPG, which is a role-playing game that's played with index cards. That's what it stands for, index card RPG. Um, I don't know who wrote this in here. Was this you, Alex? Yeah, this yeah. is you. Um, do you want to talk about this, or do you want me to lead in? Now you know. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Uh, ICRPG is is essentially an RPG meant for people, or at least it seems this way, meant for people who do not play things in the D&D or Pathfinder universe. It is a very simplified, very dumbed-downed, uh, very um, easy-to-grasp RPG, where everything is based entirely upon a room number. So in normal RPGs you're playing, you have stats for pretty much everything you could imagine, and you make a roll and you add a modifier based on whatever that stat is. So if you're trying to figure out what happened in this area, you'd roll knowledge local. If you're trying to figure out what a wand is, you'd roll spellcasting. If you're trying to discover something about a creature, you'd you know roll whatever. Or you make a jump, make a dex roll, um, and you're going to add your modifier. But in this, everything just revolves around this singular number that's in a room. And you roll a d20 and you add a specific number based on uh, your initial character stats and any loot you find because your character stats never change. And if you beat the number, you succeed at whatever the check is, regardless of what the check is. So if you want to jump, you roll against the room number. If you want to attack an enemy, roll against the room number. If you want to go sneak along an edge and see if you can recover some things out of the wall that look hidden, roll a dice and you see, or d d20 and you see if you beat the room number. It's really simplified and pretty dumbed down for uh, what you would kind of expect out of an RPG with a lot of content. Yep. Uh, the things I'll, I will I probably... Will say, still probably got more uh, customization than 5e, so that's a plus. Take that, 5e. <laughs> wow. 5e must be very, very, very dumbed down. I feel like all of, all of every class in 5e, if you're playing that class, you're playing the same character. Oh. With very minor differences, it feels like. I, we've, I, we've played one full campaign of it, but that's really it. But that's what it felt like. I mean, if you play Monk, you basically just don't play. You play a guy who runs around a bunch and has very little impact on the combat. The problem was, he played a Monk in a giant-focused campaign. Yeah, stupid the decision. Really should, not have, really should have thought that one through a little bit more. You ended up playing him the entire campaign? Yeah, and then he died in the he last session. After the campaign was over. After we like, beat the last boss. Everything, and then he wow. died. Yeah, and then we went end. down this like bottomless well, and then I did die. Yep. Speaking of death, our uh, ICRPG one shot ended in almost oh, a TPK. Yeah. Three people died. Three I got people of our four person party died <laughs> in the and boss you, room. I, I want to be clear. You say that like there was any chance that we would have survived. There, there is no chance. It was rigged. Yeah, there, there was very little chance we would have lived through that. Very I, difficult room. The one thing I'll say about ICRPG is that, and, and somebody brought this up, it might have been Caleb or Alex, but depending on what room you're in, you have the room base number, and the enemies are kind of the same when you're moving from room to room, or at least in this, uh, this one shot they were. In some rooms, you have to roll a 11 to hit them. 
or beat them or whatever you're doing. But when you get to the boss room, it's a 13 or it's a 15. It's the same enemies you're fighting, but all of a sudden they've become significantly more powerful. And in a game yeah. where your stats are pretty limited, like you don't start with a lot of modifiers, everything, there's a lot of zeros. And then some people will kind of max out certain stats, but when it's pretty limited, it's those numbers matter. A couple points here and there in a room value is very difficult to beat. Yeah, and you can die in like, you know, three attacks from an enemy or less. Right. Yeah. If they roll really well. Which brings up the other problem, I th- I think, with RC- ICRPG, which is that everything is based on heart containers, and those heart containers are worth 10. So your health is, your hit points is 10 with one heart container. With two heart containers, it's 20. And it always goes in increments of 10. Uh, so when you face an enemy that has the same health, in order to hit you, it's a higher roll value. It becomes very difficult to beat a room, especially when those enemies are spawning over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the system's simplified, so it goes quick, but it does have limitations there. Like, right, all of the enemies are suddenly now more powerful just because they're in a different room, even though they're the same ones you've been fighting. So that is, it's weird. Like I said, I think it's a good introductory rpg for people who want to play something but they don't absolutely like when you when you look at a character sheet for pathfinder or starfinder it's pretty daunting unless you watch a 25 minute video on how to set up your character or you know somebody who's set up like five or six and they can walk you through it hey you want to talk about daunting i just looked up the the mech attack calculation that i was talking about earlier (laughs) from starfinders yeah mech from their new mech stuff the mech attack is 1d20 plus 8 plus one-fifth of the mech's tier plus bonuses from upper limb components, upper mm-hmm. limb weapons only, plus the operator's base attack bonus or the operator's ranks in the piloting skill, plus bonuses from the weapon, plus range penalty. <laughs> what? That sounds fun. like the gunnery check when you're flying a spaceship is 1d20 plus the gunner's BAB or piloting skill plus their dex mod plus computer system bonuses plus bonuses from the captain and crew plus the range penalty plus action and bonuses penalty based on whether or not they have shield. So it's a little bit of math involved to see if you hit something. Uh, good freaking stuff. A little complicated. So I get it. I get why people want to go to things that are one number. You roll against one number. But I don't know. I like the granularity of knowing what i'm rolling against so like the granularity of knowing what my character is good at versus not good at and what i can approach that may just be i don't know do you guys feel the same oh, i think there's I, a I absolutely like the more medium crunchy. ground that i would be more comfortable in sure yeah i like medium ground as well coffee two yeah. two e's actually it's good in or five five e second edition pathfinder five e D D are both probably the middle ground you're looking for maybe yeah, I would agree with that, but not with Five E. I don't like Five E still. <laughs> Although Starfinder, yeah, well, we don't really like Five E, but Starfinder's initial stuff is not far from that. But as you branch out into their advanced operations manuals and start branching out into their other classes, it gets significantly more complicated. Mm-hmm. But like they were like, we have a good system, but expounding upon that became difficult. I will. I will say though, after like probably a year of, of this Pathfinder campaign that we've been doing, I have actually kind of started to get it, I guess. I don't want you to say. <laughs> We're only level 11. I mean, that's... Like, 
like actually like digging into all this different stuff I can do every time I level and stuff like that. I don't know. It is very daunting when you start out, but now that I have a handle on what I want to do with my character and I'm, we're like, you know, level 11, I'm like, yeah, Yeah. let me go through every single feat that I could possibly (laughs) add to this character right now. Exactly. (laughs) You know how to live. (laughs) Uh, Last but not least, um, Frank, got a talk box? Um, Maybe. <laughs> nice. Oh, it's so good. Why don't you listen to the voice on Thursdays? It's and it's three hours long. You, you, yeah, gotta, you gotta play us out, man. End the podcast <laughs> with that. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Maybe we'll catch you on next week. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCausland, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, Owen Patterline, and Frank Rice. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on. One for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.